Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did you bring wine? I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. No, I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the official Broad Wasted podcast where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plofsky, and while my name in high school may have been Palisades Peach Wheat, I'm not a vanilla porter. Watch out for that amber avalanche against the strawberry sky because the agave from that wheat is a hop and a peak away from Mountain Beach. All I ask is that you don't drop the juice because that golden blueberry acai is like purple velvet. Joining us today are the usual Breckenridge Brewery beers, including oh, Kevin, <laughs> come to me, Jager. I was like, uh, <laughs> That's amazing. Kimberly, are you game master and unofficial babysitter for the hour? Oh, zing. <laughs> and uh, with us today uh, is a guest you may have seen on Broadway in Come From Away, the Scottsboro Boys, or the Ritz, um, or you've seen him on TV and things like Blue Bloods. My parents definitely saw you on TV, <laughs> FBI, and The Blacklist. Uh, you can look out for his upcoming debut album, um, Monotony, later this year. Uh, let's give a big, broad-waisted welcome to friend of the show. Friend of the show. Josh Breckenridge. How are you guys? Welcome. Me. Yeah, of course. Glad to be here. Um, yeah, I love the <laughs> I love the Breckenridge Brewery beer. So I was like, I have to take this opportunity to do of that. Course. Man, this is not know- sponsored by the Colorado Beer Company. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> I would love for it to be. I had literally no idea where you were going there with that. Because like usually his intros have to do with like show songs, or I can usually pick them out, but I was like, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> oh, but I do. I when I was on tour, I was in Denver, Colorado and went to not only the brewery but the distillery and cool. swept out their merch so yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. of course. they think you owned the place they <laughs> did i could have lied and like gotten a free drink or two but you know it can't be a common name it's not really you know especially especially for afro-americans like myself uh it's, it's scottish is where it comes from sure. and um i yeah besides my family i don't really come across too many Mm. Um, I did befriend uh, a Josh Breckenridge 
that owns Breck Fit, um, uh, like maybe a town or two away from mine. That is a very random thing. Besides that, that's wild. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a he's a personal trainer, but anyways. <laughs> Cool. My name. Well, <laughs> well cheers. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Josh. Hey. Um, but while we cheers, let's say, what are you drinking? Well, Look at you with that goblet. It's uh it's a little tiki, like I forgot where we got this. Oh, Somebody, cool. Somebody's restaurant. But I'm doing a little tropical uh thunder today. We got mm-hmm. um what do we have? Bacardi, a little Jose Cuervo, uh strawberry margarita mix, uh triple sec. Um, mango margarita. I got to admit, my brother made this drink. Um, he is an incredible person and also an amazing bartender. So, cool. Cheers. Cheers. That sounds yeah. fantastic. You're so fancy. <laughs> Refreshing. <laughs> Kevin, what are you drinking? I am drinking um, some Mianetto Prosecco and it's delicious and it's Italian sparkling wine. That's what Prosecco is, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Kimberly? Um, my new favorite spring version of a gin and tonic with muddled strawberries. Mm. Um, with an essence of what was a dirty martini in this glass before this. (laughs) (laughs) And so I like really tried to rinse it out. (laughs) Amazing. Cool. The whisper Um, of a dirty martini in the glass. Yeah. (laughs) A whisper of olive. Um, I'm drinking the 11 o'clock number red wine from uh, Knocking Point Wines. Um, this is Patty Murin and Colin um, Donald's wine um, that goes to support lots of different charities and causes benefiting the community um, during this pandemic. So drinking this, uh, you can get, there's a link to this in the description um, if you did want to uh, enjoy some of that. Um, it's delicious. Brian, really good. and I have all had it. Um, it's really great. You guys should check it out. And it's there. And the only thing for a limited time. So definitely check it out. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And not um, sponsored. We just like it. Yeah. We yeah. Yeah. It. Exactly. Totally. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us. We're totally going to talk about your single, your upcoming <laughs> album and all that, but let's just start with, uh, what's your favorite musical? Oh man. <laughs> Everybody asks. It's so funny. Like I, I listened to um, your show. I've heard some episodes and I feel like I'm a copycat in saying this, but like, I know West side has been said before, sure. but it is one of my, it's funny. My West side is between West side and ragtime for me. Mm, um, sure. I think, uh, I guess I'm just a fan of like class war musicals and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you know, confrontation uh, central. But uh, I, when I was 16, I did my first quote unquote adult show. I graduated from like the youth theater world and did my first adult show and that was it. And so of course there's so much nostalgia connected to- uh, Wait, West Side was it or Ragtime was it? Sorry, Ragtime, Ragtime. Cool. Now West Side, that that connection is my first lead ever. Uh, I want you guys to guess who I played in West Side Story. Maria. Close. Doc. <laughs> Bernardo. No, I played uh, Riff, the leader of the white gang. Yay. Yes, okay. <laughs> cool. Exactly. Non-traditional casting. No, so I, I really, those two had were very uh, special moments in my life. And I think they're my favorite, be- slightly because of that, but also it's just, I love the um, uh, choral uh, music, the confrontation, the, the mm. uh, you know, somewhat historical fiction of, 
of, um, yeah. of them. And uh, yeah, I just, they're, they're my faves. So, so when you, we've been asking this recently, when you think of West Side Story, do you think of the movie um, like uh, playlist and like the track listing or do you think of the stage production? I think of, okay, I visually think of the movie mm-hmm. and, and I, but I hear the Broadway musical. Okay. Oh, cool. Like, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, is that weird? No, that's no not, not at all. Okay. okay. It just sucks for Marnie Nixon. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Marnie. <laughs> um that's cool that's very cool um so let's talk about so you were you were in come from away uh when this all went down yes yes yeah i uh i was on stage and uh they you know uh, i think it was march 12th right when everything shut yeah. down mm-hmm. and we we came to work that day we were told to you know hold and waited for the producers to give us the go and let us know what was happening and then you know, off we went. So yeah, I was absolutely at the Schoenfeld Theater getting ready to do a show. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. And and now you're across the country, you're in San Diego right now? Sunny California. Yes, I am. Um, did you, you grew up or out, or out there? Yeah, I grew up in, um, uh, born in North Carolina, moved to Southern California. And so I lived like in Santa Barbara area for a while, this mm-hmm. little town called Lompoc. Um, actually, I, you guys watch Fresh Prince as kids, yeah, right? yeah absolutely. Him. He mentioned Lompoc in the episode, and we were all like, "Oh my god, man, Pope!" <laughs> we all were surfers and talk like this, man, bro. Yeah. Um, no, it was um, it was uh, it was a pretty big moment for our my little town. But yeah, I was from uh, Lompoc, and then halfway through my high school experience, I was a sophomore and moved down to uh, Fallbrook, California, which is San Diego County. It's a little south of Temecula. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, by like kind of close to Riverside area, Encinitas, all that. So a little north of San Diego proper. So like it's an awkward time to move. Uh, very awkward. Middle yeah, I, I hated. <laughs> I hated my parents for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it ended up being the best thing. I I got my um my drama program was called kind of falling by the wayside a little bit. Um, uh, we had a saving grace come in and, and take over uh, Sarah Barthel, my my drama teacher, as I was exiting. Um, so it, it, I think it's it's thriving now. But at the time, it was sinking. And then Fallbrook was was blossoming. My my drama teacher, Florine Villane, was um, uh, a dream and kind of set me on my way. And I did a lot of regional theater. I did San Diego Junior Theater. I met like this woman named Donna Corey, who's the regional choreographer for my school that I ended up going to. So it was a lot of like connect the dots moments that kind of led me to having a showcase at my, you know, upon graduating from my school mm-hmm. and getting out into the business. So it really was a, a launching pad and domino effect um, into the success of my career. So I'm, I'm grateful to my parents now. <laughs> at the time, <laughs> I, I was not. <laughs> was there yeah, no. was there was there like a regional production or a show or a trip to New York that like you're like oh I or a movie musical where you're like oh I'm gonna do that? I so I always tell my my kids this when I teach um, I teach these Broadway classroom classes and a lot mm-hmm. of these um, uh, student classes in New York and I always tell them like my first show I saw was in seventh grade I didn't know what a musical was. Mm-hmm. Like I literally, I was in seventh grade, had never, my parents are not theater folks at all. They probably wouldn't have seen a show like in their lives if it wasn't for me. For you. <laughs> um, I, I mean, seriously, my brother falls asleep at all my shows. It's what, but funny story, my brother actually 
when I was looking for colleges, um, we went to North Carolina School of the Arts to check that out. And they had a production of oh, Nicholas cool. Nickleby. And sure. this man was wide-eyed on the edge of a seat for this two part like how long is that show like that's seven hours yeah, I was yeah. and i was like what the <laughs> hell <laughs> epic like <laughs> right and you can't stay awake for bye bye birdie Sorry, <laughs> <me>. <laughs> what the hell? um uh yeah so anyways i uh, at the time i had no idea what a musical was we went to see uh annie of all shows at uh pcpa the pacific conservatory of the performing arts and um i left that being just in awe and wide-eyed and I, I left saying, I want to do that. I want to be an orphan in a red wig. Um, <laughs> parading around on stage singing about hard knocks. No, um, it was, it, it really was eye-opening for me and I, I just fell in love with it. And then I found that I could get paid for it and I was like, mm-hmm. heck yeah, sign me up. And so when high school started is kind of when I, that's when West Side happened and mm-hmm. um, I kind of decided to go to, theater instead of sports um at that point and uh yeah the rest is history cool did you do you remember your first trip to new york and like if you saw a broadway show i do i do i had a very memorable first trip to new york i um i was in school i was a freshman so i was a freshman in college was the first time that was the first time i went to new york so i was a late bloomer yeah but we went you guys remember like straw hats and all of those do do we remember do we remember Oh, Do, those were the PTSD. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. I still got the shake, got a trimmer. It's actually, uh, it's because of a straw hat audition that I know Brian and Kimberly. That's oh my true. god, That's probably true. No, it is one hundred percent true. Because is that how I, you got your job? I got I got the job at Surflight Theater doing the children's theater tour um, from a, a straw hat audition, and then that I stayed for the summer season, and that's where I met Brian. And then Kimberly came the and next. I was there summer. the next summer. And I was there the next summer, and Kimberly was there. So that's how I met Kimberly. And then Kimberly married Brian's best friend from college. That's so we true. all became this like. That's the way we all became the Brady Bunch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and in this in this Zoom, it's perfect. Yes, yeah, so that's, exactly. that's literally what happened. Brave everybody. Yeah. All happened because of straw hats. I was a kid from Florida that flew to. New York for straw hats. That's amazing. So did you do yeah. straw hats? So you I did straw hats. I, I went, you know, we did the whole Muni route in straw uh, hats. What, all like that got trial like, by fire your first time in New York. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it was a lot. So, but we, we <laughs> so it's funny. My classmates often tell me like, Josh, when you tell people what your first Broadway show is, say Wicked, because that was my second. My first was the revival of Wonderful Town with Jennifer Westfeld and Donna Murphy. Yeah. And the night that I saw it, the set broke. And uh, that, uh, so do you remember, like, it was, I think it was when Ruth and what's the other sister's name? Uh, I don't know Wonderful Town very well. It, 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 it begins with an H. This is how I'm going to be on your games coming up, by the way. No, but anyways, when Ruth and her sister, yada, yada, um, g- are going to their first, I guess, New York apartment, the, their super is showing them around. And the, I think they were supposed Eileen. to Eileen, yes, Eileen, who was Jennifer Because West. there's a song called my sister Eileen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Memorable, memorable show. Memorable. So the scaffolding came in and just like, like stopped and like stuttered into mm-hmm. 
to the stage and oh. and everyone it was very clear that the uh, something was wrong and sure. um so Donna Murphy and the the guy who played the super I'm forgetting the actor's name um started improving and literally broke the fourth wall we're talking to the audience everyone loved it of course we love like live mishaps yeah. and and uh, uh Jennifer Westfeld kept going in the role she kept like um, trying she kept yeah she was like ooh Ruth um but she kept going and uh, we were all like, we, it's over. And the, the stage manager came out in his blacks and was like, uh, clearly there's a problem folks and we'll be back. And I was like, this is Broadway. Um, so for me, that Why was Why would you lie thing. about that and say Why it was wicked? You? That's, That's such, such a, a great answer. first time. People, they thought it was my, I don't know. My classmates thought it was a lame uh experience for them for me it was it was it was crazy but yeah That's i awesome wicked was next like the next night and then the next night was rent so uh Whoa. I, that that's my, a good yeah. weekend good variety too right <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. He, two all-timers and uh one with like a true like live theater you couldn't get it anywhere else moment absolutely yeah. totally <laughs> it's awesome that's, that's very solid. very cool i mean and yeah. i mean that being said like what was the, you know, you, you working towards it, you know, saw these things on Broadway and then like, and then you get the call, like to the two one two number calls you and you get Broadway. the call. Like <laughs> what, what, like, what was that experience like for you? Like this, well, this from California, like yeah. now going to be on, you know, the, the great white way. Yeah. Uh, in a mini towel in the Ritz. Uh, yes. <laughs> in a gay bathhouse with a Afro. <laughs> Um, the size of my computer screen. Uh, yeah, I, I, Joe Mantello gave me that call actually. He, oh, yes. yeah. And, um, and of course, bring it back to, to ragtime, Terrence McNally with the book. And, um, uh, oh my God. I know you guys know Brooks Ashmanskis. Yeah. 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 He is so stupid and he, he kept us laughing. Rosie Perez was in it, Kevin Chamberlain, um, an actual porn star, Ryan Idol. A lot of stuff <laughs> was going on, <laughs> on that stage. but no, I it felt great. It felt really like just that confirmation that I was in the right place and doing what I was meant to do. And you know, it was I was blessed to have. It was three months into me getting to New York, so it was so early. Wow! And I I really was, um, you know, blessed to get that opportunity. I got my card. You're gonna hate me, but I got my card through a two week reading at Playwrights Horizons. Wow. That, I got, that I got through my showcase. So I didn't have a point to my name because everyone regionally kept saying, don't do it, equities, you know, falling apart, they're this and that. And and this was like in 2003 and, mm -hmm. you know, into college and whatnot. And so I just never, for whatever reason, collected points. And so I really lucked out by getting my card that way. And then and then yeah. came after that. And, and it's been really steady ever since. It's been really a, um, a blessing. I've been fortunate. Now, That's and then very, very cool. You ended yeah. up, uh, so I wanted to talk real quick about Come From Away uh, yeah. to bring that up because I, I think I've seen it in, I've seen the show four times now and I'm pretty sure that I've seen you thrice. <laughs> oh, really? Um, Maybe. So, uh, yeah, I'm a standby in the show and I'm also the dance captain. So it's one of those shows, you know, each of us six standbys cover five out of the <laughs> six 
people of our sex in the show. You know, there's six men and six women. Yeah. Uh, so it's a lot. You got to have a swing brain just to I'm do pretty sure I've seen you, I think I've seen you twice out of the four times I've been. Because okay. one time, I think one time I went and I think they were like, it was like the whole, like cover central. Like they oh, were just okay. like, it was like all hands. <laughs> It was like all hands on deck, um, and I think it was, I think it was the day that me and Aaron Albano went to oh, see I the show. And you know, I went to school with him. Did you? Did you really? Oh. Yeah, he was one year ahead of me. Yeah, yeah. He he left to do um, a little Bombay Dreams, a little Shakalaka Baby. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I I love I love Aaron. Um, did you get to do yeah, all five tracks? Oh, sorry. I've I've done three out of the out of my five. Like two, I'll probably you still remember the other two. Well, uh, I don't know if I can. Well, I'll be going back to work soon on a little uh, project. Um, I mean, I think it's out there that Come From Away is being filmed. Yeah, Um, Yeah. and uh, so I am looking forward to, but also. Not like really just kidding my brain because it's sure. it's not only my five tracks, it's all 12 male, female, it's everybody. Yeah. I gotta mm-hmm. be ready. Oh, yeah, dance captain for dance captain. Well, like, and it's you know, it's a singer actor show, and so but there there's a are, lot of movement. Well, that's what I was gonna ask you because, like, it's not yeah. a typical dancing show, but like being a dance captain and being somebody who can jump into different roles, like, that makes me have heart palpitations just thinking about like the things, <laughs> like the little scenes where like you're moving the chairs while someone is literally walking across them. Like, yeah. how do you just seamless, like, is is that something that you just have to know everything perfect so that you can just seamlessly be a part? Or how do you take that as? Yeah, I feel like that is like the number one question. Like when we do talkbacks for these classes that I, I teach and some mm-hmm. other people teach in the show. Um, yeah, it's, you just got to know the show backwards and forwards. You have to know, I think every single one of our cast members swings, everybody involved could sing, speak the entire show. You know what I mean? Like you, we know line for line. It's really a, a play with music, right? And, yeah. um, and you just got to know what the entire show is in, in its entirety and where you fit as a puzzle piece in any given day, in any given role, you know? So what you're um, saying is, thank God it's 80 something minutes. <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's well i mean guys i i gotta tell you there are times where uh i will be walking out of my stage door and home by nine like 20 no it, way. and and my friends like at intermission for like ain't too proud or wherever are just mm-hmm. like uh, bleep you, Josh. Bleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just send them pictures of you with a drink in your hand on your couch. Exactly, exactly. These are definitely bragged about that being able to go home super early. <laughs> it's it's really the best of all. It's a, it's not only like a, a a brisk musical. It's like you're all you never leave stage basically. So it's a roller coaster ride from start to finish, and it it flies by for that reason. Um, we're rock stars because not only uh, did David. Um, Hein and Irene Sankoff make uh, an amazing uh, piece. It's 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 a true story that we all know. If we didn't live through it, then you know some of these youngins coming up have learned about it in school or their family members, and it's something that everyone can relate to in some in some way. You know what I mean? Or they've had somebody that can relate to it. So it's really, I feel like people love this show backwards and forwards, and just 
we we are rock stars because of that. So it's really it's awesome to come out of that stage door and have people so wowed. You know, we've had plain people, folks that have actually that were on the planes that day, come see the show with like matching t-shirts, like representing their tribe from that day. And um, our first, um, uh, I know we keep things nice and happy here, but I'm gonna take it yeah. down. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, our our first talk back, we had like first response firefighters. So it was like Ooh. insane. Um, and that ended up being a talk back for, for us <laughs> on stage, yeah, yeah. you know, listen to their story. So it's really, and I think it's something that we all need right now more than anything. So I'm so happy that this film is happening, that it's going to be so widespread. Um, uh, it's, it's something that everybody needs to see. Like whenever my friends and family come, I tell them, go down to ground zero, see the whole thing, see the, you know, um, where it happened and then come see the show and, and, you know, come full circle and, and leave with, uh, leave uplifted and, and, and positive and, um, you know, happy. It leaves on a happy, hopeful beat. So I'm happy to be a part of the show and it's been one of my best theatrical experiences for sure. Awesome. Um, I do want to talk about Scottsboro boys for just a minute. Yeah. Um, Kimberly, you saw it, right? I did. Uh, What'd you think? one of the best things I've ever seen. I was listening to it today because I hadn't revisited it in so long. Yeah. Um, that I did realize, listening to the opening number, tomorrow, March 25th, as we record, is the anniversary of the Scottsboro Boys' initial arrest. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Also, Which, happy like, anniversary to you. Also, Kimberly. my wedding anniversary. So that was a fun little Aww. moment I was like, <laughs> a great date for shit, right? <laughs> I, shame on you. Why'd you I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, oh, it's it, that. Go ahead, go ahead, Ron. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to kind of relate it back to Come From Away a little bit in terms of like you mentioned people learning Sorry. about Come From Away for the first time or ha- having lived through 9-11, like yeah. and experiencing that that side of it in terms of the Come From Away side, the 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 community aspect of things, I guess. Um, for a show like Scottsboro Boys that one, a lot of people probably had no idea who the Scottsboro Boys were. Two, um, you know, a show that is not as well-known maybe has come from away even though it, it you know it was nominated for 12 tonys but like it's it's people don't there's definitely a lack of theater knowledge when it comes to that show i guess yeah. what was your experience with it in terms of sharing that story but also looking back on it like what do you what do you take from that experience sure um uh, it's a lot so get ready um i yeah. no i um well first of all like come from away was it's such a cathartic experience. You leave just renewed, right? Scottsboro boys, you walk out like, what the boop did I just see? Like I, you, it's so such a mixed bag of, of tricks because it's, uh, you know, uh, Tommy Thompson who wrote the book and, and John Kander and Stro, everybody involved, like sculpted this piece and made it such a thought provoking, emotionally, you know, driven uh, experience that it, it's unavoidable that you'll feel all the feels, right? You, it's, I feel like people go in there and they laugh at a joke and they realize, what am I laughing at? What, you know what I mean? It's, it's for me, it was, um, I, I'm ashamed, but I'll admit it to, uh, to say that I did not know 
much about the Scottsboro Boys myself. I mean, I think it's like a blip in our history books, which is yes. if, if that, if, yeah. if that, right? It's 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 horrendous. And um, and you bet I learned every single nook and cranny about that experience mm-hmm. those boys went through through this process. And I, I did it from two thousand all of 2010. We basically started at the Vineyard Theater off Broadway. We went to the Guthrie out of town to fine tune things. And we came mm-hmm. to the Lyceum for Broadway and we were open for, I think it was just 12 weeks. Um, it was very, weeks or six weeks. What was it? it was very short lived. Um, and I feel whenever I talk about the show, I always have to say like, if you look at Kendra and Ebb's catalog of music, like all their stuff are, are flops for the most part, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're always, they are, they're always about the underdog and people aren't ready to hear it. And it's very dark and it's very witty and, and um, thought provoking, but people aren't ready. And I feel like the same thing uh, goes for the Scottsboro Boys where it's just like, you'd think in, at the time, 2010, people would be ready for that story, but they weren't. And no. we had some of the leading black organizations picketing the show and um mm. you know when we we started the show i don't know if you remember kimberly but out in the house right yeah. so, we, so we would form in the lobby um uh, every night eight times a week and we would see through the glass lobby windows picketers and a full like mob of people that were just like oh. you're a disgrace you were just uh you know uh nine you know nine boys like 12 uh, 13 cast members that are trying to get their Broadway debuts and, and, mm-hmm. you know, just riding this wave and, and what a disgrace and this and that. And it's like, we're doing exactly the opposite of what you're accusing us of. Sure. And, and funny, like, like our producers. Yeah. And, and, like, and we did, we invited so many people and they refused. And it was like, if you would just see the show, we're doing the opposite um, yeah. of what you're accusing us of. And uh, for me, probably the most trying difficult part of it was the blackface. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, Stro, like from the first day, uh, I can, I'll never forget, she said to us, like, I cannot tell you what it's like to be a black man, but I can tell you what it's like to be a woman. And I want you guys to tell your story. They gave us so much license to just put, not only like in like the tap dancing, you know, Stro did her own tap dancing, of course, but like the hoofing she gave like, mm. Uh, uh, Kendrick and and um, Julius the, the the time to to sculpt it themselves and make it really authentic and, and culturally accurate and and um, also wanted us to tell our stories through these boys and truthfully and they made sure that we honored them and it was such a light come from away it was such a responsibility to mm. tell this story and and like we would say every night before we went on stage tell if you're going to tell it tell it right um, so. Um, it was a really uh, beautiful experience, but the, yeah, that blackface was was something else. They set aside a whole day for that just to give us really? a moment, our own separate little cubicles with our mirror to put it on to mm-hmm. sit there and, and register what that meant. And of course, like I, you know, I don't want to insult anybody, but I I clearly know the severity of of blackface and and minstrelsy and and its its hold on our country and it was like the most popular form of entertainment for 100 years right so um i i, I get it especially as a as an african-american man but for me i was like oh it's it's like i'll be fine i'll be fine i know that it's rough but i'll be fine when i tell you i just wept it was like it was a such a uh, strange and eye-opening experience um to dawn my face with something that has been used as a um 
as a vehicle for hate for so long. So uh, yeah. it was, it was a lot. It was all the things. Um, I still think that that is my number one uh, theatrical experience come from away. Mm-hmm. It's like right there. It's like, they're sure. both like extraordinary experiences of mine, but, um, and they're both like scene, scenic design was uh, Beowulf, um, Bore it. Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. So if you know, yeah. And, and I think when I, when, <laughs> when I saw when we had the first like, uh, uh, meeting, I joined the show in, um, in Toronto, uh, you know, they had come from away. They had a little mini tour tryout yeah. in mm-hmm. cities and I joined in Toronto and then came to the, and was in the original Broadway company. Um, am in the original Broadway company. And, um, when I saw Beowulf was on there, I went up to him and was like, all right, here we go with the chairs. <laughs> I thought the design, I was like, it's, but it's perfect. It, it suspends, yeah. it makes people listen. Yeah. It takes away the high production, you know, that, that plan, all that stuff. Yeah, all the pyrotechnics and this and that that a lot of Broadway shows have uh, become dependent upon now. Sure. And, and it forces people to harken back to storytelling and just, you know, some chairs, some people in a, and a message and it's really both shows are so strong and I think so well loved uh partly because of that so yeah um, the, the yeah. Diane and Diane and oh god what is his Nick? name Nick the yeah. Nick and Diane scene mm-hmm. is it do they sing stop the world while you're doing the chair movement is that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that is one of the most powerful like theatrical like moments I can even think of because there's something about the simplicity of that but also the like scariness that like they're literally just walking if somebody misses one second of a move there's no chair there out. And, and there's a turntable going at the same time yeah, yeah. And the turntable, <laughs> like, there's yeah. something about it that just like you feel the like that like on the edge of your seat breathlessness that you feel yeah. with like you said with the pyrotechnics and stuff but there's something so much yeah. more grounded about it which really works with that show and then, and then if somebody boys. oh, oh. So, and then if somebody say, falls you're to blame because you're the dance captain. Right. Oh, oh, right. Or you give the note, rather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I run from the building at that point. Yeah. Um, I say, and then in Scottsboro Boys, um, it's trains instead of planes yeah. every Which time. Which I was also the dance captain for, so I would have been blamed. Mm. Yes. And, like, I also, I didn't realize it was the same scenic director, but it makes so much sense now in my mind. <laughs> because it was, like, a bunch of chairs become a train. And I was just yeah. like... And it felt like you were, I don't know. Or a jail cell. I loved Scottsboro Boys. And I, I don't know, from an audience perspective too, it was so interesting because you're going in and you know what you're going to see. Mm -hmm. Or maybe people didn't. And that's probably part of it as well. But my sister was in grad school at the time for art history and was, uh, I don't know what class she was taking, but it was a, she was doing a unit on minstrel shows and just sort of the history of all of that and how it was portrayed in art and so she took me to that show, a theater person. She was like, have you heard of Scottsboro Boys? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll see it eventually. Like, Candor and Ebb. And she was just like, no, 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 I think it's important and we should go. And I was like, okay. And then the two of us were just like, that's the best thing we've ever seen. And like, everyone has to see this. The juxtaposition of the story you're telling, the way it is told, was just like, you're right. Like, you laugh at a joke and then you go, ooh, and then from someone who is like never seen a minstrel show before and is like 
that could never have been popular. How could that have ever existed? And then you watch a show that you don't quite realize is like, that's how it's being told until you do. And you're like, what a fun way they're telling this story. And it's like, oh no, this is why people like, like you realize that it was entertaining and like the way vaudeville and all of the way it goes. And it's like, I don't know. It's a mind met mind, but if you will, Brian, sorry, but, um, it wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was, and I feel like it did not last as long as it should have. It was critically recognized. Um, for a revival, like, no, now's the time. Like, and I think a film too, you know, Lee Daniels came to our show like a bajillion times. Oh, really? It's going to happen. Um, and I think it's probably still on his list of, mm-hmm. of shows to do. But um, but yeah, I think most people's, um, and I don't blame anybody for it, but most people's mindsets were, uh, I'll see it uh, or uh, I don't want to see it. And because yeah. of that, you know, our producers were just like, you know, they pulled the plug. And, you know, of course, it was heartbreaking that it closed so soon. Cause it could have been a mainstay. I think, I think it's such a work of art. Absolutely. Yeah. No, Maybe that will be your legacy, but every show you're in gets filmed for like a, a big experience. <laughs> yeah. So and like, has, and has 12 or, or 15 has chairs. chairs. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. 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 <laughs> the color purple revival is next. Like, we'll oh, get yes. oh my God. Oh my God. Well, do you know where the else there's a ton of chairs? <laughs> Tuesday. Oh, in the, the corner with Kevin. Kevin. Segway. <laughs> <laughs> I love so it. Welcome to Kevin's Corner, where it's my corner of the show. So I get to do whatever it is that I want to do. So um, today, I have been thinking a lot because on Broadway, Sid, we've been doing a uh, March Madness which is NCAA basketball, but we've been doing it with Broadway musical movies. You lost um, and basketball. At basketball. <laughs> <laughs> it is basketball, right? March Madness? No? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I was saying you lost me at, at sports basketball. Yeah, right. we don't watch basketball. We watch, <laughs> we don't watch the basketball part. But that's what it is. It's like it's like a bracket, but they play basketball, but we just vote on movies. Um, so what that's been making me think about college because NCAA is college. And mm-hmm. so today I was like, do you remember how easy life was when you could just drop and add classes? So what we're going to do today is we're going to play drop and add in Kevin's corner with Josh. And the way this is going to work is Brian. Kimberly and I are each going to say one musical and you're going to have then like a grouping of three musicals. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have to choose to drop one of those shows from your collection and sure. add one of your own to make it like the perfect threesome. Okay. So like all three complement each other. They're all like kind of in the same theme or. However you want to do it. Like this is like, okay. as if like you're curating like your schedule for a semester. Like I'm going to study these three musicals or I'm going to look at these three musicals or just like, these are three fun shows. Like however that you want to watch it. this weekend. Yeah. Correct. Okay. okay. Like, we're just going to see how this goes, but Brian, Kimberly and I are each going to say one musical and you're going to choose which one you would drop and tell me why. And then tell me what you would add to make it a perfect, like, Okay. okay. I'm a little scared, but let's do it. All right, it. here we go. So I will go first, and I'm going to start, and the first one I'm going to say is the last five years. And then I add a show? No, no and we Kimberly, add. Kimberly we were not. Say, um, well, I'll just, you know, pander to the audience and say ragtime. 
Okay. <laughs> and then Brian will say? The Sound of Music. Okay. So you have last five years, The Sound of Music and Ragtime. That is your current schedule. You get to drop one musical and then add one of your own. My goodness. Um, wait, sound of, okay, sound of music, last five years. And let's see. I think, oh man, it's funny. I, when I think of last five years, I think of my good friend, Betsy Wolf, which I know you guys all yes. know. Thank and you. she is blonde. And when I think of sound of music, I think of blonde. And I so you're curating this for like roles, Betsy Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm a dick. I'm a ditch ragtime and put in legally blonde, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. You understand how to play this game. Amazing. Completely. Okay. All right. So the next one I'm going to say, so I'll start this round with uh, Gypsy. Gypsy. I'll say, Annie, get your gun. And Brian? And I'll say, Mama Mia. Mama Mia. Mama Mia. Oh, man. I no one ever questions how we say it because they're like, yeah, that is how you say Mamma Mia. Yeah, I questioned it. I just didn't say anything. You just didn't <laughs> <laughs> I said it inside. Like? I think I'm going to drop Mamma Mia and put into this diva medley. Um, oh, God. Let's put in, I don't know, cats. Why did I say cats? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's memory. I'm thinking memory. I'm thinking memory. Because when I think of like. Berman singing medley. I think of Patty. Yeah, I think of Patty Lapone when I think of Gypsy. I think of Bernadette Peters when I think of Vanity Get Your Gun. And I guess, I don't know, Mamma Mia just didn't they, do it. They both seem like cats. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. Uh, this one, I will say, uh, Ain't Too Proud. Um, Brian, you go. Young Frankenstein. Oh, what a third I have to arrive at. <laughs> <laughs> the Lion King. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, since you white people have enough shows, <laughs> I'm take out, what was the one uh, great white way one? What was the, oh, Young Frankenstein. Sorry, Young Stro. Frankenstein. Sorry, Stro. I'm going to take out that. And I'm going to put Amos Behaven. Amos Behaven, why not? Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah. That's so good. Isn't it? Oh, my God. So I wish Nell Carter was just able to appear for every production and just like <laughs> do her performance. And uh, she's so good. Um, Incredible. Okay. Uh, this one I'm going to say is Miss Saigon. Head over heels. Oh, God. Oh. Mean Girls. Oh. Miss Saigon, Head Over Heels, Mean Girls. Oh, man. So it's kind of girl power heavy with Mean Girls and, wait, what was Miss Saigon and what was the other one? Head Over Heels. And Head Over Heels. There's a lot of fierceness happening. So I'm gonna layer in, I'm gonna take out Miss Saigon and I'm gonna put in Priscilla. Oh, good one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, I liked that one. Okay, 
And um, the last one, I'm going to do Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Okay. I'll say Jekyll and Hyde. Mm. And I'll say Dreamgirls. Oh. My goodness. Jekyll and Hyde, Dreamgirls. And why did I always forget the third one? What was the third one? What was the other one? <laughs> Kevin, what was yours? Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Um, oh, man. I am going to keep Dream Girls. What are the other? What are they again? Dream Girls. Dream Girls, yes. Disney, Beauty Jacqueline and the Beast. Hyde. Disney, I love how you have to say Disney's before it, right? Disney's yeah. Beauty and the Beast and Jekyll and Hyde. Um, okay, I'm going to take out uh, Disney's Beauty and the Beast, and I'm gonna put uh, oh God, I'm gonna put what's another crazy diva show? Someone give me a diva show. I can't think of anything right now. I I'm love trying- when you went to diva because it's true. Because Effie White sings like thirty songs, right? Linda Edder character sings like yes. thirty songs, exactly. <laughs> well, I actually was going with any. I feel like Jennifer Holiday could do all of these songs. All of oh these my songs. god! Can you imagine if Jennifer Holiday <laughs> going to be my through line? How about like Little Shop? She yes. can be the Audrey. Yes. Okay. Or, yeah, I'm yeah. down. Or like a Nancy from Oliver. Yes. Or like a Nancy Opal from You're in Town. That woman. That pop up to that privilege is ridiculous. No, it's unfair. I did a reading with her and was just like, uh, 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 you're amazing. Um, Yeah, she's incredible. Oh, she's oh, real quick Nancy Opal story because why not? Um, she came to my my office when I was working at the Sheba organization, and she talked about um, she was talking about Wicked because she was playing Madame Morrible at the time, and she got like so passionate talking about how much she loves seeing young girls in the audience and how important this show is to show girls that it's about like a female friendship. They don't need men and like the strength of women. And she got like so emotional. Like she like broke into tears as she was talking to everybody. And we were all like, we love you, Nancy. Oh <laughs> she's so sweet too. She's a, a beautiful human being. She, she was, she's a, yeah. Yeah, she was super duper great. Um, and this has been Kevin's corner. Good job. Yay. Kevin's corner. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We've been talking a lot about other people's music. Let's talk about your music. Come uh, on. 
So for those of you listening, um, at the end of this podcast episode, we're going to play Josh's new single, You. Um, but I wanted to, and, and look out for his album. Wait, um, is it you, like Y-O-U, or is it just the letter U? It's Y.O.U. But it's, it's so funny. When I ask um, Alexa to play you, she'll say, playing Jay Breckenridge, Y-O-U. And... Um, <laughs> And I was touring with that when I first, like, was, when I was writing it. And I always liken it to, you know, it's not a, an acronym for anything necessarily. It's just, I, I liken it to, like, um, uh, love, uh, L-O-V-E, you know, that mm-hmm. King Cole made famous. And it's, it's it, for me, it's a song about, um, it's a self-love anthem. And it's a song about mm-hmm. mental health. It's about, uh, you know, there's so many times in our lives that we, I know I have um, a relationship has ended and I've pointed fingers and I haven't taken a second to self-examine and see the common denominator in a lot of situations. So it's a, it's a push for folks to uh, examine, to self-examine. And um, it's, it's literally like a, uh, yeah, self-love anthem. And, and, you know, people often strive for those four letters l-o-v-e uh in a relationship to hear those words and and my thing is that y-o-u those those three letters are just as important and it starts with that um so i really hope that people seem to be loving it and it's it's i actually talked to the um the actors fund we're doing um kind of like a joint um thing together where um you know basically i'm just i'm crediting them and 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 posting them with some of my my posts and and directing cool. people to the organization because we all know how amazing they are um uh, they saved my butt a few times i've gotten two of my therapists i've had in my life i've gotten from them cool. <laughs> so um so yeah it's really like a self-love anthem so yeah the the, the album is monotony um and it is uh, due out this uh this early summer and uh, the first single was Come To Me. Um, I like to call it a, a beachside bop with some bite. Uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's just, it, I'm, I'm just so grateful to, like you said, uh, Brian, to be, uh, I've been doing other people's music for so long. It's really great to, I feel at my most accomplished and creative when I am writing my own stories, putting them out there, and hopefully people are loving it. Is the full album is it about the whole album about self love? Is there is there kind of a narrative you're going from there? Um, um, pick it up. What do they listen for? Sure, sure. It's kind of a, a, a roller coaster ride of of uh, of all the colors and shades um, of our of, of us that that can happen in confinement. You know, I wrote all the songs during Mm -hmm. this pandemic, during the first, you know, we mentioned before the the Broadway shutdown happened Mm -hmm. uh, March 12th, and I. I have an extreme love for interior design and I am such a, a, a type A personality that I was like, okay, I have to, I have to work on something during this time. It's either the pipe dream of making my own album or get a degree in interior, interior design. And I chose, and I chose the music. And um, so I wrote it all uh, in my apartment in like a, a couple months. And each song was something was um, an emotion of recollection um an awareness, something that was triggered by this uh, isolation, by this soloness. You know, in my apartment in, in Hamilton Heights, it's me and my my dog Teddy, my Wheaton Terrier, and it's kind of you know for a couple months I just stayed at home, and in May I, I went out to California, and here I am now. But um, 
when I was alone, that was the impetus to like really, you know, start to put the, the pen to the page. There's, there was no more excuses of, uh, I'm too busy learning chair choreography for Come From Away. I could, I could write. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'm pretty sure it's chariography. Okay, okay. Your dog's name was Teddy. Teddy. Yeah. And Brian, what is your dog's name? Ted. Oh. Ted. Different emphasis. Different. Okay. That was his name when we got him and he answered to it. So we were like, okay, it's staying. Okay. Yeah, we're calling Teddy. What type of dog do you have? He's a cavapoo. Oh. We call him when he when he's doing something bad, we call him Tedrick. Oh, <laughs> I call mine. I call him Teddington. <laughs> um, so I I have a question uh, about because you talked about being a dance captain on multiple shows. Yeah, um, and that's such an interesting role because you're a part of the cast, so you have that connection with everybody, but you're also kind of like the one who has to keep everyone in line at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you say? Would you like if I had if I told you like three things that you think are necessary to be a good dance captain, like three attributes or three like ways of doing sure. what would you say are like the three things you would give advice to maybe some of our listeners who are gonna be dance captains on their own show uh, at whatever level? Like what would you say are three things to like really stand by? Sure. Uh thoroughness, patience, and booze. <laughs> we like number three. Uh, well, speaking of, I had to start into my second drink here. It's a Moscow Mule. Yes, everything. Yeah. I love you with a, dec- a second one, like on standby. That's really well played. <laughs> <laughs> I almost spit <laughs> out on my computer. <laughs> oh my god! So <laughs> I'm gonna get it together. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say. Um, I think that. I have been chosen to be a dance captain over the years. I also did a production of the Civil War in Gettysburg, and I was the dance captain on that as well. Cool. Uh, for, for the glory um, is what they renamed it because it was in Gettysburg. Um, sure. And uh, I, I think that uh, the directors and choreographers that that say you, you're going to be it, it's because they see my organization. My, I mean, really, it's my uh, my OCD, but my, <laughs> my my ability to compartmentalize and and keep track of things. I think that's almost more important than being a fierce dancer. And you know, you got to sure. have the ability to uh, uh, hold tight to a, a show bible and know every page and what's on it and who moves where the, the ebb and flow of a, of a production. Um, you know, it's our job to keep up the integrity of what uh, the choreographer and in a lot of cases specifically in come from away, the director mm-hmm. intended our, you know, Christopher Ashley and, and, and Kelly Devine uh, sculpted such a, a tightly webbed, uh, beautiful, well-oiled machine that where the blocking starts and the and the choreography ends it's all it's all one you know mm-hmm. beautiful orchestrated cacophony of of movement and um and yeah it's our job to to keep that going so so yeah i would say definitely the patience because every cast member is different and every cast member needs to be given notes uh differently you know what i mean there's always yeah. a, a way to navigate um the different emotional responses to certain things and um skills yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, and, and patience and yeah, just be able to have a split mind. Um yeah. 
It's a lot. Do you think that helps with your own, like your own performance? Or do you think it hinders sometimes like your performance on stage having to pay attention to that? I mean, it, it helps in that I know the show backwards and forwards and I my parts specifically are a piece of cake. Uh, it hinders it in that I have one eye on my scene partner and the other roaming the stage in <laughs> every corner ready to, I had to stop myself that, you know, when I'm on, I had to stop my dance captain mind because I'm not there to take notes. Of course, I'm observing things. And when we first started, I was clocking stuff and, taking it down for later, but not, you know, I, I am worthy of having my performance be about this character and contributing to the show in a way that I was cast to, to do, you know, as, as the actor side of me. So it's just like knowing when to blur those, or excuse me, uh, de-blur those lines. And, and also I'll say like knowing when to leave it at, at, on stage, leave it at the theater. Um, the same was with Scottsboro Boys. I'll like bring it full circle. Like it, it uh, we were dealing with such stressful, deep emotional places and mindsets that to bring that home with us was just too heavy. So we always mm-hmm. would just release that energy and 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 leave it at the theater. And I would say that as a dance captain, it, it gets it can get heavy. And to mm-hmm. to to leave it there, do your homework, but to to leave it um, to leave it there. And don't think that you know everything. Keep the Bible close by. (laughs) (laughs) It's better to like keep the trust of the cast by giving them the right, you know, uh, bits of information than to try to look impressive and spew out the wrong information. So I'm sure I'm sure with Come From Away, it helps that the show has retained like 90 percent of its original cast. I know. right? (laughs) Like those people are just like. I've literally been moving this chair for six years. Like, I, yeah, just being put into that rough. show must be very stressful. Very stressful. It's 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 a month long process. No, it's a month to learn this show because if you think about it, I think what yeah. like it's typically like two weeks maybe for like a yeah. typical show, and for us, like I said before, you had to have a swing brain just for the just for your one track. You know, now you can't even say roll, really. It's your track. And every part is a piece of the puzzle. And, if you know, you can't do one thing wrong, hand off a sweater wrong, put a chair wrong without affecting the whole. Um, and so it's very, it's a very meticulous process. Um, uh, Ricky Hines, our associate choreographer, and I are like this. I feel like we're attached at the hip at times. And it's, it's very much a, um, a rigorous, daunting, long process. I've gotten to hold a couple auditions, which has been awesome. Cool. Um, yeah, and so that's been really cool to to be on that side of the table, and um, yeah, it's a really interesting. Yeah, putting on a person is is deep with this show. <laughs> I feel like I end up being a counselor. Uh, speaking about uh, you and therapy, uh, I end up being like a counselor because it's it's almost always there are tears shed because it, it looks like it is insurmountable and you know, like it is unachievable, but uh, everyone always ends up getting it. Once it's in you, it never leaves you. So, And then they're home by 9.30. And they're home by 9.30 for a cigarette. Four weeks of rehearsal to get home at 9.30. It sounds like ideal. <laughs> a life. Um, should we play a game? Let's do it. Uh, no. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. Um, I have another delightful... Two lists in front of me for a game of say when. Okay. Um, in which we will each get to create a theater piece of our own in our minds and pitch it to each other. 
um, with the two prompts that I'll give you. I have one list um, entitled Five Crime Fails Almost Too Funny to Be True. So oh. we have some, just some very silly, funny, silly, oh. true crime. Oh, yeah. To be true. Too oh. silly to be true. Um, also, they're all British. So that was a fun as I was reading through it, I was just like, why did they say note instead of dollar? And I was like, oh, it, this is a British list. <laughs> so that was fun for me. And then I also have um, a list from theatercrafts.com, just forms of theater. Oh. And so you'll get one funny crime and one kind of theater, and then say how you would tell the story of that in that kind of theater. Got it. That makes sense? Yeah. Well- Kevin, go first. All right, I yeah. Got it. Bring Kevin and Brian will demonstrate first. Okay. Um, Kevin, what list do you want first? A crime or a theater? I would like the crime first. Great. Say when. When? <clears throat> Stranger than fiction. uh, Christian Bala, a Polish author, wrote a crime novel in 2003, which quickly became a bestseller in Poland. It gripped the nation and received a lot of publicity. However, police found many of the details about the murder in the novel eerily familiar. The description of the murder was remarkably similar to what they knew about an unsolved case in their books, The Torture and Murder of Daruj Janiszewski. Police decided to dig a bit deeper and discovered not only had Christian known the victim, he was the last person to have seen him alive and actually sold his phone. Um, So he was duly charged and served 25 years in prison. So he basically wrote the murder of that he committed as a best-selling novel? As a novel, correct. That's incredible. I'm obsessed with this. Okay, and what is, give me a theater type. Okay, say when. When? Futurism. What a good story. Futurism? Yes. Can you give me like a brief? Yeah. Yep. Um, an artistic and social movement that started in Italy in the early 20th century. Um, it celebrated technologies of the time, air travel, machinery, industrialization. Futurist ideas helped f- to form Art Deco, um, et cetera. It fought against classical forms of theater and celebrated the youthful, spontaneous, and satirical, encouraging vaudeville and music halls. Okay. That's a lot. What is going on? Also, okay. futurism, a, a two-year-old art form. Oh, my goodness. Great. Okay, so I think the way that this would happen, um, the way that this story would be told, because the whole thing is he wrote this novel that he actually did Correct. time for. So I think this would be an experience that would be held in a warehouse in Brooklyn. It would be like a really big warehouse. And it's basically an immersive theater experience where you walk through the the warehouse as like, t- you buy tickets in groups. It's like you and 10 friends go together and you just walk through this warehouse where you're basically watching a play that it's is- like more. That, yes, that is the, <laughs> is the murder that took place, but they're doing the play like extremely realistically. So like you feel in like a sick voyeuristic way that you're watching the murder take place. And this is like, a, the, the idea is it's a, like a punishment of capitalism that like this man was able to make so much money off of something evil that he did. So now it's like showing how evil it is that now you're paying to watch a play of the same thing. That's deep. 
So it's like you're walking. So you basically walk through a warehouse and watch it all take place in a very realistic way. And then you leave being like, did I watch a play or did I watch someone actually get murdered? So you're producing a, um, uh, a sleep no more snuff film. Correct. <laughs> right at my app. <laughs> and that is what it would be. Yeah. But it would be set to the music of Tom Kitt and Brian Yorkie. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. <laughs> I love Extremely Hawk realistic. But I need those drums. But I need those drums. <laughs> All right, Brian, your turn. Say when. When. Oh, you get the top one. Okay. <clears throat> In 2011, 53-year-old Michael Anthony Fuller from North Carolina walked into a Walmart and bought a vacuum cleaner and a microwave for $476. So far, nothing wrong with that, right? Well, he attempted to pay for his purchases using a million dollar dollar from a Monopoly game <laughs> and demanded the change of or $999,524. From the cashier. The police were promptly called and he was arrested and charged with attempting to obtain property by false pretenses. Okay. <laughs> what a good crime. Okay. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for your form of theater? Well, like Brian, yeah. like you actually should write a musical about that. that <laughs> actually, that's that's up your alley. It's so up Brian's alley. Just trying to use Monopoly money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Say when. When. Hmm. Mime. <laughs> okay. <thank you. laughs> okay uh... <laughs> they don't all have to be mimes. Remember that. Yeah. No. I. I know. What if the audience is silent? No. Um, oh man. Let's go with. Okay. So. Okay. So. Get on. Um, okay okay i got it it takes the set is a monopoly board okay i'm in and all of the pieces are mimes okay so you have like the you have the thimble and like the top hat and like the car and whatever and they're all being played by mimes so it's not necessarily like they're not like playing the car. Like the mime is like driving and then the other mime like has a top hat and the other one like keeps like poking his finger or whatever it is. Okay. (laughs) And um, so this is all happening around them. So this guy, the guy is not a mime. The guy is, you know, he's an actor singer or whatever. And then it's really just, it's a three, it's, it's just him, but the mimes go in and out um, playing the different characters of the cashier um, the like on the on site security guard, as well as like the people in the line. Um, so they kind of filter in and out. I'm um, obsessed with this. And, <laughs> and they, uh, I'm not sure if they, if when they're playing the parts, they can talk or, or maybe he's the only one that can talk because the ideas are like, he's a smooth talker or something like that. And everybody else is just trying to like, there's the details are fuzzy we're still you know we're still in um pre-production no i i love this because like you you can totally play with the idea that like it's all happening in his brain like he actually believes it's real so like he can't hear the people screaming and like the cashier being like you're crazy and like in his face because he's all in his own like world that this is like 
I gave you real money and you owe me money back. Yeah, and, and maybe That's Act funny. 2, it flips, where in Act 2, it's the reality, but he's the mime. And so, like, we're watching what happened in Act 1, but, like, from the perspective of, like, reality, as opposed to, like, everything else. And then, I don't know, something okay. like that. And it's going to be called um, Mimopoly. <laughs> oh, my God. Mimopoly. Yeah. It sounds close to, like, Gaga's 911. <laughs> bringing it back to music folks yeah i love it <laughs> oh wait, so josh would you like a turn no when let's see ah yes in 2016 bank employee alberto saavedra lopez from arizona so it's a British list, but these are all American crimes. Yeah. Very confused. We're okay. He was suspected <laughs> of stealing $5,000 from his workplace over the course of three months. He was reported to authorities and promptly quit his job and moved to Phoenix. In 2018, despite being a fugitive, he applied for a job as a dispatcher for the local police department. On seeing his application and making the connection, the police couldn't believe their luck and thought the easiest way to catch him was to offer him a job interview. When he arrived, suited up and ready to impress, he was arrested on the spot. So good. Wow. And now say when for the type of theater. Literally, can you say oh, this list? Because all of these should be musicals. <laughs> I know they right. should. <clears throat> theater of Cruelty. Um, it's a form of theater originally developed by avant-garde French playwright Henry Beck. Um, also seen as the main contributor, originally a member of... The, well, tell me what it's like. Okay. NBC. <laughs> theater of cruelty can be seen as a break from traditional Western theater and a means by which artists assault the senses of the audience and allow them to feel the unexpressed emotions of the subconscious. Oh, goodness. Works, uh, the works of many theaters reflect the years. Okay, fun. Oh man, guys. All right. <laughs> uh, okay, it's in the round. Great. And great. Uh, there are, what was that show where, have you heard that folklore like story about the um, production of like Sweeney Todd or something where people put like meat in the vents to make people like smell the death? Oh, and, that makes sense. I've, heard, I've yeah. heard in Waitress, they like put that. pies in the vents. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I think like they shut down the production or something. I don't know. Um, so we're gonna put money okay. in the vents. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the audience all has to uh, uh, show up in. They're be given. You know, they give their tickets and they were given orange jumpers, a la Orange is the New uh, Black. Um, they sit in the audience and uh, have to await their fate. Okay. Um, the the guy, what's his name? Alberto. Alberto. Um, oh, man, I'm bad at this. Uh, <laughs> oh, so far, I love it. I'm yeah. Do you? Okay, okay, okay. okay. So, uh, Alberto, um, hmm. Alberto is picked from the audience at random. <gasps> yes. Mm. Oh. <laughs> It's like That's all cool. of our nightmare to be that person <laughs> in the audience. Let's talk about like musical. getting caught, like like that right. feeling of like, oh, I made a mistake by coming here. Exactly. 
So the audience member is is picked at random. Let's say that they're uh, they're met by a cast member before the show, and someone gives them a, a, a briefcase of money, and they have the choice to make the right decision to give it into the police or to keep it themselves. Uh, most people would probably keep it. So if they keep it, they're chosen to take part in the theatrical experience and live out their real world crime. That's how you get around equity. <laughs> <laughs> and they have, they have the real police on standby ready to uh, take them in for the crime. The end? Something Love about... It. Yeah, I don't know. Patty LaPone is in there somewhere. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she like sings the interrogation. <laughs> so good. Yikes. That would be so good. <laughs> Kimberly, do you want to return? Yeah, say when for me. When? when? Oh, I'm at the top again. Okay. <clears throat> In 2015, Christopher Wallace, a 24-year-old from Maine, was on the run from police after allegedly stealing cooking equipment. Having successfully evaded police for weeks, he started to get cocky, posting to Snapchat that he was home and hiding. On seeing this, a couple of his followers shared uh, alerted police who went to search his home. Unfortunately, despite the tip-off, police had no luck finding him and called off the search. That's when Christopher posted again, saying police were in his house and he was hiding in a cabinet. The police were alerted again, searched the cabinets to find pots, pans, and a pair of feet. The feet were attached to Christopher, and he was placed under arrest. <laughs> what a weird way to say that. I thought, like, they had found his feet. Right. I just... <laughs> <laughs> Very <Gross>. concerned. Okay, <laughs> stay the type of theater. When? Ahem. Oh, I've never... I got to the end, and I don't know what this means. Zarzuela. What? Oh, I know that girl. <laughs> a Spanish lyric dramatic genre that alternates between spoken and sung scenes, the latter incorporating operatic and popular song as well as dance. So, a musical. <laughs> That's literally a long definition of what a musical is. But operatic and popular songs. So some sort of juxtaposition and theme perhaps um oh perfect perfect zarzuela snapchat crime oh. um it is a musical done entirely on tiktok and <laughs> as they are <laughs> as they are um no it's not but there's like screens in the background of this kid's snapchat um and all of his songs when he's hiding from the police are like pop songs like sia writes the music Oh yeah, all of his stuff, yeah. and he's like getting cocky and like posting this in the cabinet. And then the police looking for him um, are in like an opera, like a Gilbert and Sullivan. What's that one? Trial and order. Trial and order. Trial and order, like a Gilbert and Sullivan type, like crime farce. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like in a Sia music video on his Snapchat, and then you know, fun juxtapositions and then they find his feet. (laughs) (laughs) And they like drag him out of the cabinet. But they Um, found feet. Nell Carter comes out. Nell Carter comes out from the grave and sings, your feet's too big. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yes, absolutely. After the curtain call, she sings "Mean to Me" and break like just makes everyone go home crying. Oh my yeah. god! But she hasn't been in the show point. until that point. Right, that's literally how when she shows up. <laughs> that's incredible. Amazing. <sighs> well, that's been true crime. Say well, when. <laughs> So, you guys, well, you guys literally make up different games for each show. Yeah, yeah, more. Or less. Yeah, sometimes we like repeat themes of games. Yeah, or there are some games we play a lot, but it's always kind of different. I love it because we're insane. Well, <laughs> that does bring us to the end of our episode. No, uh, Josh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, for all of you listening, check out his singles. Um, and to keep an eye out for uh, Monotony later this year. So beginning of summer, you had said. Um, so super pumped about that. Um, Where can they keep up with updates about when yeah, that's happening? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so come to me and you are out there. Uh, my new single, I'm literally shooting the music video for it this weekend. Um, I got two more singles coming out and then the album's going to drop in um, in early summer. You can check out my website, uh, j-breckenridge.com. I am on uh, Instagram, j.breckenridge.music. Uh, Facebook is jbreckenridgemusic. And TikTok is j.breckenridge. So I'm out there. Check it out, folks. It's going to be really great. And uh, I'm just excited to share my stuff. I, I, I'm awesome. very excited to get my stuff out there and for the world to hear it. So stay tuned Congrats. for it. Uh, a reminder, just listen to the end of this episode and you'll hear uh, some of that music, uh, you. Um, and um, But we end every episode with a quote. And of course, this one is, every little story comes a part of you, 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 begins with you, work on number one. When it's done, there's two. That is from the song you'll hear. I think I got it right. I didn't have lyrics, so I just listened to it a lot. That's pretty dang good, man. I All feel right. honored. Um, well, thank you for joining us. You can follow us at Broad Wasted on uh, all social hey, media. Uh, you can find us also on Facebook. Join the Facebook group. We do 30 Nerdy Stuff. Um, join us on Patreon. We have some wild things. You can watch this video there. Um, and then, um, uh, yeah, uh, you can find us on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five, Five stars, stars please. please. Thank you. Um, Josh, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Cheers. Yeah. You're and awesome. as we end every episode, Zutuwa. Cheers. Before the lightning hits the ground Every lover you discover is another notch Every chance to find romance is a chance you bust Gotta get it back to you, 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 you. Before you learn
how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.